0: All right, we're back for another episode of the Rad Dads podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Sal. And tonight we have a- another guest. His name is Craig Kessler. He is the CEO of Top Golf. He was born and raised in San Diego. Craig Kessler attended Georgetown University before starting a career in business, the early years of which he spent working in consulting and private equity after marrying his high school. Girlfriend. He attended Harvard Business U- uh, School.
1: So oh, so he and I ha- he and I have something in common. We both hi- we both married our high school sweethearts. There yeah. you
0: go. You didn't both go to Harvard.
1: No, no. <laughs> and I- I'm not a CEO either. <laughs> yeah. Several years
0: after graduating, he was offered the chance of a lifetime to help lead a business called Top Golf. At the time, he was 31 years old with a bit of luck and a series of incredible mentors. He was off to the races, helping to lead one of the fastest growing sports and entertainment companies in the world. Craig is currently the COO of Topgolf, as I've already said, who oversees 20,000 associates across 60 venues and has recently
1: written a book about fatherhood. He's the author of the Dad Advice Project.
0: All right, Rad Dads, and we're back. We're joined with Craig Kessler. Craig, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, Come on, Craig.
1: Welcome to the show.
2: Good to be here.
0: Do you want to do a quick intro for, uh, for our listeners?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, my name is Craig Kessler. I'm a husband, uh, father of three boys, uh, one, four, and five years old. Uh, I'm the chief operating officer of a business called Top Golf. Uh, I live in Dallas, Texas, and again, fired up to be on the show with you guys. We're fired up to have you on. No one knows what Top Golf is. Don't worry. That's small little company. <laughs>
1: you
2: know what? I'm from San Diego. We don't have a Top Golf in Southern California yet. You'd be amazed at how many people have never heard of it. Oh, wow. wow. Crazy. So at least you spaced them out
1: one, four, and five. I have uh, 10, 10, and 12. Well, yeah, 10, 10, 10, and 12.
2: God bless you and your wife, my man.
0: <laughs> so you already talked about how many kids you have, but what challenges have you faced? with raising your kids?
2: You know, honestly, I think similar challenges to what most dads face, uh, challenges around, uh, how to unfold them and find their own identities and excel at what they like to do. I think identity challenges myself, making sure I leave time to be a good husband and friend to my buddies, uh, insecurities around, am I doing a good job or am I totally screwing this up, uh, as I go? Um, Finding this thing called work-life balance. I mean, I, you, know, you name it, I'm sure I've faced it as a dad over the last five years or so.
1: What is the one special thing that you and your family do that, that turned into a family tradition?
2: You know, we've got a couple of family traditions. And uh, it, it, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the Dad Advice Project in a minute. And I can talk about some of the traditions that came from that project. But for us, you know, we we do a few things. We play a lot of golf as a family on the driving range or in a top golf. Uh, we try and go to breakfast at our favorite spot in Dallas called Koobies, at least twice a month where the kids can be kids and not worry about having their hands slapped if they're a little bit loud and misbehaved. Uh, we do a tradition called Gratitudes, where, you know, at least once a month we set the dinner table as a family and the kids take turns, and and to be clear, so do mom and dad. Standing on our chairs, one by one, introducing ourselves and talking about something we're grateful for. And I'm not sure if I'm proud or embarrassed to admit that that tradition carries over to restaurants and public spaces too. But <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, we've got a couple of little quirky traditions that make us the Kessler bunch. That is awesome. I think if I tried,
1: I told my wife that we'd, be, we'd do that in the, the restaurant we're going out to, I think she'd have a fit. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. That is
2: great. What what have you learned from raising your kids? To appreciate the chaos. Um, I think it's really easy to get excited about the next stage and the next stage and the next stage and if you do that, even for two or three days, you look back and you go, "Man, I just missed golden opportunities to enjoy, even if it's a beautiful moment in the midst of the chaos." Uh, I've learned to try and appreciate it. In fact, it's such a simple statement, but a buddy of mine, Greg Kasanoff, said the other day, "You know, I drove my kids to school every day when I had them before they graduated high school, and." or before they got their licenses. And I sure do miss those mornings. And it was a reminder to me to just appreciate the small stuff. It's amazing on how, how fast it goes
1: uh, until this day. I mean, my oldest daughter's 12 years old and my wife, my wife, we, we sit and have the conversation. She's like, where did, where did 12 years go? Yeah. Well, what did we do? Yeah. You know, she yeah. feels that she's missed out a, 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 a lot, but no, I, I agree, man. Uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the moments now. Don't, don't, don't look for the future and and want to enjoy the next stage. Enjoy the enjoy the current present stage. Love well, it. So,
0: so I, I, as being the COO of Top Golf, which is is not a small organization, how do you effectively balance your career and and parenting?
2: I don't. I, I mean, I don't have it figured out. Um, if I did, I'd be like you guys running a podcast, asking other people the questions. I think, uh, I I just, I don't know. I'll tell you, here's one thing we try and do this idea of work-life integration, I think is very interesting. So rather than separating work-life and personal life, there are places where we integrate the two. So my kids come to my office all the time they go to our venues all the time. They know the staff by name. They taste test the food with me. They experiment with the new games sometimes before they go live. And I find that if they're part of the ride and the adventure, and, and I appreciate that it may be easier to do that in a job at a place like top golf than if you run a say an insurance business, right? Because it's easier for a 5-year-old to relate to top golf than selling insurance, but What I try and do, and my friends who I really admire in this respect try and do, is find places of overlap where a young kid can understand what mom and dad are doing professionally, and bring them into the fold. So that if you do need to take a call in the middle of dinner, when you sit back down, the kids can ask, "Hey, daddy, was that so and so, and what'd you talk about?" and and they feel a part of it as opposed to separated from it.
1: One of the dads you interviewed in your book,
2: um, what's his name?
1: He said, never close your door, your office door.
2: Rex Curzius, it's incredible. what The way he said it, I think, is so fascinating too. He said, look, you give your kids exposure to things you want them to have pattern recognition around. Arts and crafts, swimming, team sports, uh, homework, whatever it might be. But when it comes to business, we close the door and we say, You know, mommy or daddy need to go take a call. Can you be quiet or can you step out? And Rex is like that makes no sense because your kids are going to grow up and spend their whole adult lives working. Why not give them exposure at a younger age and they'll learn more and they'll be able to relate to their parents? And you know, there are times for Rex where he'll interview somebody for a job and let his kids listen in and then they debrief it together. And I just think that's so cool.
1: It's funny you say that because just before you jumped on, I yelled, I, yelled, I muted myself just in case you, you jumped on and heard me. Yelling to my kids to be quiet because we were just about to record.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think, what, like, how authentic is it if your little kid jumps in your lap and says something? It's like, okay, that's the world we live in now. Who cares?
1: That's true. That is true. Embrace it. Where did the
0: idea for the book come from?
2: About two and a half years ago, I asked a handful of buddies to write me a letter on how to be a good dad. And I did it for a bunch of reasons. I needed the advice. I felt like the advice for men was typically written from one guy's point of view and it was telling me what to do as opposed to a bunch of guys sharing stories and letting me draw my own conclusions. And frankly, I had a a mentor who did this with his own father and he shared the letter with me and I just thought it was so great. So I asked a few buddies, they wrote me letters and two and a half years later, over 40 letters came in and with their encouragement, we turned it into a book called the dad advice project. That is great.
1: That's kind of what we're doing here on the rad dad show is, it's getting everybody's perspective on what they've experienced or what advice they can give uh, for raising kids. Cause we felt that, you know, there was, there wasn't really a platform where it's like one-stop shop. You can find, you can listen to guys that are experiencing it and and tune in to see if, Oh wait, they're having the same issue I'm having. So, I'm not, you know, I'm not the oddball. So let me, you know, listen in to see what they have to say about it or, or how they handle it.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, it's interesting. My wife read the book when it was finally like an actual book. And I asked her, I said, what'd you think? And she said, you know, it's interesting. I read a ton of advice on how to be a better mom. And after I read it, I often feel less than because I'm not doing all the things the author told me I should be doing. And that just puts me down. She said, what's so interesting about the Dad Advice Project, which, by the way, should really be called like the Human Advice Project, because whether you're a mom or a dad, a parent or not, it's a book really about relationships and happiness. She said, what's so interesting about the Dad Advice Project is that you you leave after you read it wanting to be a better person, because so many of the dads admit that they're making mistakes every step of the way. It's mostly storytelling as opposed to somebody telling you what to do and Frankly, that inspired her, it inspired me, and you know, a bunch of my buddies and co authors to just be better humans as a result. I think that's kind of cool.
1: It's, nice. it, I think, it's different when it's not just coming from one person, the author. You get in everybody's perspective, and like you said, they're they admit that they're making mistakes, you know, and, and they go through how to correct it and, and, and they tell you these are the steps I've done to, to make it better, which is, which is fantastic.
0: So the one thing I know uh, my wife has talked to me about is her and her friends talk about the mom guilt. I don't know. Like same thing you were just talking about, Craig, is that they'll read stuff or, you know, they, they'll hear things and they're like, man, I just have like this mom guilt. And I, I never related to it as a dad, nor did I ever really think about it, but apparently it's prevalent across, across moms.
2: My wife and I spent a ton of time talking about this. I think it's, it is very, very prevalent. And while you or I may not be able to relate to it the same way they experience it, I think it's like good on you for understanding it's a real thing. And hopefully talking about it with your wife. I find that with mine, if I sweep it under the rug and act like it doesn't exist because I can't experience it, that is a recipe for disaster. But if I at least recognize there's something there and we give each other the freedom to Unpack it together. You know, we can at least make progress.
0: So, was there any underlying
2: message that came out of most of the out of the 40 letters that you received? I would say there's two types of learnings. The first, there were themes that came up time and time and time again. They're like the most common themes, and I'll give you two or three. Uh, kids need to feel physically and psychologically safe. That's number one. Number two, love your spouse and make sure your kids see it because that's how they're going to learn how to have healthy relationships. And if you're married to a woman, make sure you love her dearly because that's how your kids will learn how to respect other women. Um, The third most common piece of advice was that kids need to fail, not just because they need to learn failure is okay, but because they also need to learn coping mechanisms, which are a really important part of life. So so those are the most common themes that came up. I would say the second type of advice that came up were these one-off pieces of advice that only one dad shared. And they're fascinating. We've talked about two of them. I think Rex's idea of opening the door instead of closing it is a great one. I think this idea of the gratitude tradition that I mentioned came from Josh Redstone. And, you know, we borrowed that from his family and our kids now argue over who gets to go first to say what they're (laughs) thankful for at dinner, like mission accomplished if we can keep that going.
1: Sure. That's awesome. (laughs) That is great. What would you say is the most important thing you learned from from all those letters?
2: I would say there are two things. Number one is we're all making mistakes, and recognizing that is extremely liberating because it's like, wait, you're you're screwing stuff up, and I'm screwing shit up. Like maybe that's okay. And you look at most adults around you, and they turned out pretty okay. Like okay. Uh, and then the second thing, which John Altshuler in the book talks about, and I agree with, is Uh, from this point forward, just do your best. It's going to be really hard to undo the past. In fact, it might be impossible, but from this point forward, you just do your best and it'll all work out. Uh, I found those two things to be simple, but liberating.
0: So in addition to the book, which sounds like it would be very helpful for pretty much any father, parent, or, or adult to read, what else would you recommend to, to fathers out there? What other, you know, tools, websites?
2: Yeah, I I would say two things. One, I want to just underscore something in the book. What's what's interesting to me about the book is you have a very interesting, wide range set of perspectives. So all the all the passages were written by personal friends of mine, many of whom you've never heard of, who are just these incredible, awesome dads and husbands and professionals. Some of whom you heard, you have. So the forewords written by George Tenet, the former CIA director, and Davis Love III, and Adam Wainwright, and Nota Begay, and Mark Rolfing, and a former B two stealth bomber. Like, there's just really interesting guys who contributed to the book, and for that reason, and many others, I hope you know your reader, your listeners will, will take a look. I think the your second the second piece of that answer. What other resources? You know, it's so interesting at work in most companies once or twice a year, you have formal feedback sessions, right? Where it's like you ask for feedback and you give feedback. And it would be kind of weird to formally sit down with your wife or your buddies and have like a, a performance review at home. But the idea still makes a lot of sense. It's like, you know, your next door neighbor or your best buddy or your best couple friends, they see you interact with your spouse and your kids all the time. Like, why wouldn't you ask them from your point of view, what seems like it's going well? And where do you think I could be more engaged or more helpful or whatever? And I think if you do that with your buddies or your wife or your whoever it might be within your inner circle, like if it works in business, it probably works at home. And I just encourage people to be vulnerable and let their guard down and, and open up a little bit.
0: I like that.
1: I, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> that of weird, feedback. but I think
2: it works. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll be waiting on it, Rob. Uh, <laughs> Two-page report in my inbox by <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Craig, one of the things we do that, that we think is a little fun is a rapid-fire uh, round. Rad Dad Rapid Fire is what we call it for all our um, for our guests, so people can get to know them a little bit more. So, first question: favorite cartoon?
2: Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Favorite movie? Forrest Gump.
0: Favorite food?
2: Luke's Lobster Rolls. Where's that? All over the country. Luke's Lobster. Google it. Unbelievable story. Best lobster roll you've ever had in your life. Now check. I'm going to have
0: have to go have it.
2: Uh, So good. Golf.
0: Favorite sports team
2: or player? San Diego Padres. They're good this year. Uh,
0: (laughs) Favorite dad moment?
2: Oh my God. There's so many of them. I remember coming home from work one day and my wife had that look on her face. You know, that look where it's like, I've had it. Yes. (laughs) We had, I don't know, like a two-year-old and a six-month-old and he had to be older than two because he was potty training. Maybe he was three, however old he was. And she's like, you know, I've had it. And I said, honey, you go out, do your thing, get a drink, meet a friend, get your nails done, whatever it is. I got it tonight. And she's like, you sure you got it no no I I definitely have (laughs) it within like three minutes the three-year-old who's potty training is standing in a pile of his own poop he's (laughs) screaming bloody murder and I do the obvious thing which is go in the backyard get a bucket and a shovel and raspberry scented Windex to fix the crime scene and she comes back and she's like Mom, why does it smell like raspberry Windex? Well, cause I decided to clean the windows while you were out. <laughs> <laughs> well, why is our three-year-old crying upstairs? And I said, well, I, I think he missed his mom. You should go tuck him in. And what I hadn't explained to my three-year-old at this point was that there's a thing called bro code or dad, son code. And <laughs> She runs up there. Hey, Ryan, you okay? And yeah, I'm okay. Why are you crying? Well, I'm crying because I pooped all over the floor and daddy was scared and got a shovel in a bucket and didn't know what to do. <laughs> it totally rats me out. And that'll go down as one of my favorite, favorite dad memories so far. Oh, that's yeah, that's awesome. a good one.
0: <laughs> favorite family vacation location
2: it's actually we were lucky enough to get to visit this place uh it's called Kohanaiki and it's a place in Kona and it is absolutely magical in Hawaii nice best dad joke all right you ready for it yeah how do you catch a unique bird how unique up on it <laughs> oh, wait hold on hold on there's a second part how do you catch a tame bird how the tame way unique up on it <laughs> So bad.
0: <laughs> so, where, where can where, where can our audience find you on social media? Where can they kind of, can they find the book?
2: Yeah, real easy for the book. Go to Amazon. Check out the Dad Advice Project uh, on Instagram. Dad Advice Project is the handle, and then there's also a website, DadAdviceProject.com. Nice, and we'll put that all in the liner notes so our listeners can click right through. Love it.
1: And we'll we'll tag you once uh, once we once it goes live on on Instagram. Great. So fi- final question. What words of wisdom would you impart
2: on our listeners? Listen to the rad dad show on the regular, <laughs> you'll walk away a better human being and a better father.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, for, coming on the show, Thanks Craig. for having me on. See y'all. See
1: Thanks, you. Craig. Take care.
2: Bye guys.
1: Bye. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the Rad Dad's podcast, and I hope you take Craig Kessler's advice. He said, "Listen to the Rad Dad show. You walk walk out, or, or yes, walk away being a better human being. Walk out. Walk and away thank you, you, Craig,
0: for joining the show and you know
1: engaging with us and and sitting through an interview was great. Yes, we know you're a busy individual, not only an author of a book, but also the COO of Top Golf. So to all our faithful li- listeners, continue to listen, continue to share, give us, uh, continue leaving feedback on uh, iTunes. That's where we will rank the best. Um, subscribe, make sure you join our Facebook, uh, the Rad Dad Show uh, Facebook group. And tune in next time because you never know what shenanigans Rob and Sal are up to.